Welcome to Agriculture In-Depth, presented by Sioux Nation in Fort Pier and by Kimball Livestock Exchange. I'm DRJ Media Group News and Farm Director Jody Heemstra. My guest is South Dakota Department of Health, EMS, and Trauma Program Administrator Marty Link. We'll hear from him after this. Cattlemen, when you're looking to buy and sell cattle, look no further than Kimball Livestock Exchange in Kimball, South Dakota. At Kimball Livestock Exchange, you'll find cattlemen working for cattlemen with a sale every Tuesday. If you can't make it to the barn, you can watch the sale live on Cattle USA. Visit KimballLivestockExchange.com to view upcoming sale information. For more sale information or to consign, call the barn at 605-778-6211, Chad at 605-870-0697, or Wade at 605-730-1801. The South Dakota Department of Health has grant money available for emergency medical services agencies to develop and implement systems and solutions to support the sustainability of these critical services across the state. Link says this initiative is an outcome of the regional services designation analysis completed in 2023. We are very fortunate that in 2022, Governor Noem and South Dakota Legislature appropriated $20 million for really the advancement of emergency medical services in the state of South Dakota. So there are three primary initiatives that we focused on. Uh, The first one was telemedicine in motion. That's equipping ambulance services with audio video equipment to be able to connect those EMS providers in the field with board certified ER physicians at the Aval eHub here in Sioux Falls. Uh, the second initiative was a light pack replacement where we distributed 308 light pack monitor defibrillators and specifically to treat cardiac events in patients across the state. And then the third and really the one we want to highlight today is the regional service designation grant opportunity. So last year, healthcare strategists, an organization, an EMS consulting organization based out of California, conducted over 400 interviews with key stakeholders across the state. Now, these key stakeholders included EMS providers, the lay public, there was medical directors, uh, trauma surgeons, uh, city and county officials, and hospital administrators. And really the goal there was to discover what are the current challenges or really what is, what is the state of EMS in South Dakota as of that point. And through those interviews, Healthcare Strategist was able to devise a uh, 41-page comprehensive report. Uh, in this report, you'll see uh, short-term, medium-term, and long-term uh, recommendations and how we can further enhance emergency medical services across the state. And really with the overarching goal of having long-term sustainability, we want to make sure that our providers that are working on the streets now, taking care of our patients, can also develop and assure that legacy to make sure that as they uh, hang up their radio per se, that there'd be other individuals down the road that would be able to step up into their positions and continue the great care that they're providing for the state of South Dakota. How does an entity go about uh, applying for the grant if this is something that they think uh, may be beneficial for them? The regional service designation grants are in a total of about $7.5 million. We want to make sure that we obligate that 7.5 by the end of this calendar year. Interested parties can certainly reach out to our office, Office of EMS and Trauma, or look at our webpage, which is simply ems.sd.gov, and then you'll see a sustainability, EMS sustainability link there uh, within the right-hand side of that webpage. There's the eligible criteria or, el- or potential eligible applicants can be EMS agencies across the state, so licensed ambulance services. It can be hospital systems that have a vested interest in emergency medical services. And then there's also uh, opportunity for private organizations 
such as billing companies, training organizations, or consulting groups to be able to apply. So the Department of Health has conducted four training webinars where we've invited key stakeholders uh, to participate in these. During these four webinars, we've really highlighted the, the makeup of the grants, uh, deadlines for when they need when the grants need to be submitted, and then we've also talked about the eligibility, eligibility criteria and really anything else pertaining to the grants. So those that are interested, uh, simply go to that webpage. You'll see uh, full information as far as uh, what the what the grants entailed. Uh, they can certainly reach out to us. We're more than willing to help them be successful in the grant application. It is something noteworthy that these are competitive in nature. So the first deadline is March 15th. Uh, once we receive those grant applications, we'll be reviewing those as a team internally within the Department of Health and then turning around by March 29th and offering uh, notice of award fundings. From there, once the contracts are officially executed by all parties, then those individuals can start the work. So the initial grant period would be really from the time the contracts are fully executed through June 30th of, of this year. The goal with that initial period is really to get people acclimated to the grant process. They can start off relatively small with a, a scalable solution for long-term sustainability. And then once they prove that concept, then there will be a second grant opportunity uh, towards the end of this year that they can apply for. That second opportunity would really last till uh, the November of 2026. So there's a lot of a lot of time to bring these solutions to fruition. Now, are these grants uh, aligning with uh, the work that started a little over a year ago, as you mentioned, um, for the telemedicine in motion? Is this kind of related in trying to get the next step and access to that? That's a great question. So it, the nice, the interesting part of all these grants is they all coincide for, uh, to, to some degree. Now, certainly telemedicine in motion is equipping those ambulance services for that 911 response. The LIPAC initiative that we talked about is also augmenting that system of care perspective so that we can identify an individual that's having a, a STEMI, a ST-elevated myocardial infarction, the worst kind of heart attack that you can get. Both of those initiatives are directly related to that patient care. When when we look at the regional service designation, this also follows suit with those two, but this is really looking forward into the future to make sure that we can have that long-term sustainability. The equipment is great to be able to provide our providers, but we want to make sure that we can have a healthy, robust system moving forward. Our ultimate goal with this is that anybody that calls 911 would have someone at their side within 30 minutes of that initial 911 call. Now, in in our more populated areas, that's not an issue. You can have an ambulance at your bedside, if you will, within uh, 10 minutes. Uh, but in our rural areas, it takes a little bit longer since our volunteer or ambulance services are predominantly volunteer. So through this initiative, it's really looking at that big picture and how can we further incorporate pre-hospital care into our communities. So some, some ambulance services and hospitals are looking at how can we train uh, first responders, so emergency medical responders that can uh, provide initial stabilization for a patient. Uh, there's other communities that are looking at how do we train people and stop the bleed, naloxone, uh, CPR, and, and AED, so that you would have, in essence, a first responder group that could uh, respond to a, a patient 
while the ambulance is en route, they could provide that information, such as what's the condition of the patient, how are they responding to initial therapy, and all of that is really going to augment that that patient's care and and, uh, ultimate uh, recovery to the hospital. Safety in your cattle operation is imperative to not only you, but your cattle as well. From front to back, from tube to chute, AeroQuip cattle chutes go through extensive testing to ensure reliability and safety. With an extremely user-friendly design, you're in for a smooth operation every time. AeroQuip cattle chutes are the safe equipment you can trust every step of the way. That's one benefit, but not all. For more information, see Sioux Nation in Fort Pierce, South Dakota. Having all the uh, wide open spaces and area that we have in South Dakota, what does this type of opportunity and grants mean as far as the ability to provide medical services in some of the more rural areas of the state? We definitely want to make sure that we can provide ambulance response, first responder care for an individual in the state of South Dakota within 30 minutes or less. That's, That's the ultimate goal across the entire state. What this grant opportunity does is it really ensures that we can build that capacity, that long-term strategy, if you will, so that we can have members of the community that may not ever want to darken the door of an ambulance, but they're willing to provide that initial stabilization for a patient so that they can respond quickly. Uh, We've got a lot of agricultural land, for instance, and the farmers, if they have a bad cut, for instance, we could have a a first responder provide stop-the-bleed care. Uh, control that hemorrhage until that ambulance arrived. Uh, that That is definitive therapy, and the sooner we can get to that patient, the better we're going to have as far as an ultimate outcome for that individual. Can we kind of touch on telemedicine in motion and just kind of do an update on where you're at? So the telemedicine in motion was part of the three initiatives that Governor Newham and the South Dakota Legislature approved in 2022. We've been working heavily with Aval eCare, And today we have over 92 ambulance services, 92 of of our 122 ground services that have a telemedicine in motion solution placed in the back of their ambulance. We're happy to report uh, since November 14th of last year, we've had, or 22, we've had over uh, 975 patient encounters. So over 975 times an EMS provider connected with Avell to, to be able to help provide support and care for that patient. Is there anything else that you want to mention that I maybe didn't ask about today? The main point that we want to get across with, with all three of these initiatives is they're supporting our pre-hospital providers. Uh, I've, I've shared with a number of people, this is, this is one of the, the greatest careers uh, that I've ever had because our, our role in our office is to serve those that serve others. The EMS providers that are out in the field, are giving of their time, giving of their uh, time with their family, their time away from work. They're truly dedicated professionals that are answering the calling on their lives. And through these initiatives, we are able to assist that process, assist with them becoming a better EMT, becoming a more confident EMT, uh, providing more network opportunities across the state. Certainly uh, when it comes to systems of care perspective, really focusing in on that patient too and how we can get that patient the most definitive care as quickly as possible. We talked a little bit ago about the vastness of South Dakota, that the the information on a patient's condition is critical. So if we can arrive at a patient's side, we can definitively say this patient is either having a myocardial infarction or they're having a major trauma event 
and we can connect the dots by passing that information on to the receiving facility and then if necessary connecting that passing that information on to tertiary facilities now within a, just a short moment of time everybody that's going to be caring for that patient is going to be knowledgeable of timeframes of when they might arrive at the hospital, when they might arrive at the definitive care center, and that's ultimately going to impact that patient in a positive way. The application deadline is March 15th. With Agriculture In-Depth brought to you by Kimball Livestock Exchange and by Sioux Nation in Fort Pier, I'm DRG Media Group News and Farm Director Jody Heemstra.